Welcome to Reactive. This is uh, Henning Glattergertz, and I'm here with Raquel Velez. Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh I, my God, it's I forgot been how so to long. do this. It's been so long. It's been so long. <laughs> I think suffice to say that September has been a heck of a month. Yeah. Uh, there are, uh, uh, you know, we've been, we've all been really busy. So many apologies to our wonderful dear listeners. Uh, we have some really amazing news. Um, well, okay. Sad news. Khalil's not here. Yes, that's. But there's a good reason for that. A very Penny, good reason. Do you want to do you yes. want to tell the our listeners? Yes, um, he has announced it. I think a few times or sort of hinted at it. But him and his wife had a baby. It was a baby Yay! girl. Yes, Yay! congratulations. Congratulations. So he said he is very um, busy. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> yes. So he thought he could make it, but then it turned out that uh, he wasn't able to, which is completely understandable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Henning, you are you are our resident expert on on children, only yeah. because you have more than either of the two of us. So yeah, well, it's, it's, I think the first one too is probably the hardest because it's everything is like so so new, mm-hmm. and you're a little overwhelming. So. I totally get it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, in in uh, uh, let's see, in honor of of Khalil's uh, new family member, um, this this week's this episode's uh, animal of the episode uh, is the German Shepherd dog. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done like a, a regular dog before, and and. You might be wondering why I chose a specific dog breed. Um, and honestly, it was because, you know, Khalil's in Germany. And that was the first thing I could think of for an animal that lives in Germany. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but did you know that out of 100 popular dog breeds, studies have shown that German shepherds are the third most intelligent? Wow. I don't know who the top two intelligent dogs are. I guess border collies might be, and then I can't think of the second one. But uh, yeah, German shepherd dogs are really, really, really smart. Um, and uh, in fact, they are so incredibly smart. Uh, they learn simple tasks after only five repetitions, and they obey the first command like ninety-five percent of the time. They are super smart. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. So other dogs sh- that I've seen, they should take an example. <laughs> <laughs> they really should. Really what you need to do is just grab a German Shepherd and be like, dogs, yeah. here, learn from the master. Exactly. Yep. Um, also really cool is that uh, in Switzerland in the 1920s is when the first seeing eye dogs ever came into existence. And they were all German Shepherds, which I thought was also really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So you know and um so yeah a lot of service dogs i've seen are are german shepherds or the golden retrievers i can't remember now i think german Mm -hmm. shepherds is probably something i've seen the most yeah Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah yeah i've seen a lot of labs a lot of golden retrievers Mm -hmm. um but yeah they're pretty cute right now i'm looking at this website and they have really really they're just Especially as puppies, they have these really big paws <laughs> and these, these really big tail. And big well, almost ears. all animals are like super cute as puppies. It's true. Yeah, it's true. I think they're supposed to be cute as babies so that we are willing to put up with all the crap <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and let them live. <laughs> My understanding that if it is, is that if it's not a very good looking baby. It's not as, as likely to live yeah. as, as good looking ones. So good news, parents. Now we know why your kids are cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a terrible human being and I'm sorry. <clears throat> anyway, there were things that happened uh in, in in tech as well, especially last week. Oh my goodness, last week was such Within the last week has been such a huge, huge week for tech stuff. Um, and uh, let's see. So, for example, uh, Twitter is for sale. Oh, wow. I totally missed that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I've had Twitter off. 
probably for two weeks or three weeks now. And, uh, man, yeah, I, I've been super, super busy. So tell me about the Twitter sale. Who's buying or who's well, offering? So they don't know yet necessarily, <clears throat> but uh, they're thinking about maybe Salesforce or Google. <gasps> wow. Maybe Salesforce. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So there were, there were some interesting uh, jokes about that. Like, okay, so Google, Google to me kind of makes sense, right? Because Google can use uh, its search engine to kind of bring better tweets up and to the surface, et cetera, et cetera. But Salesforce, Salesforce, everything I've ever interacted with in terms of Salesforce has felt a little clunky. I don't know. I'd, I'd say that's accurate, yeah. I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's, um, uh, as a sort of a side note, I have had to deal with that precisely and with um, similar things. And yeah, they just, they do seem clunky. And uh, I don't know, the reason for it or, or what we sort of came up with is that they just have to offer so incredibly much to functionality. Mm-hmm. That they grow into absolute monsters. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So it's interesting though, because I think, I mean, we, I've, I've been hearing for years about how Twitter is desperately trying to make money. Like this was an accidental success. No one was expecting it to be as huge as it is. <clears throat> and then it IPO'd, which is great because a friend of mine who worked, works at Twitter uh, managed to buy a house because he was early enough, like, that was pretty great. But it still wasn't making any real money. And I know we see ads and things like that, but they're not actually very good, especially when you use the API. You don't have to see any of the ads at all. Like, I used uh, TweetBot and no ads. So as far as they're concerned, I am not uh, generating any revenue for them whatsoever. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting. Whether it's good or bad is still TBD. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Very interesting. I don't... Well, we'll see. If, if they're not able to make money the way they are now, I mean, how is anyone else going to? That's my question. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's... The idea is to just bring in a completely different way of thinking. Maybe just... Which could be good or bad, right? It, people hate change. So I think some people are kind of like, oh... But at the same time, Twitter has gotten a lot of flack for trying to consistently improve its revenue streams while completely disregarding some other issues regarding uh, security and um, uh, community. Like, you know, people get uh, harassed on Twitter and no matter how much effort uh, a user will try to make to get Twitter to help them out. Twitter's like, that's not as high a priority. Or at least that, that's the appearance from the outside. I'm sure, th- I know that there's a, a trust and safety team at Twitter, but I have yet to see anything formal coming out of there saying, okay, we get it. You are being harassed on Twitter. Here's what to do. <laughs> yeah. And here's how you can feel, rest assured that you are safe. Um, and uh, yeah, so Maybe with a bigger company that has more money behind it, they can hire more people for that. So maybe it would improve the Twitter experience. Or maybe they'll just turn it into a big cash machine and everyone will kind of look at it and be like, I hate ads. I don't want any of this. Yeah. And then leave. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll start charging per tweet. Ha. Huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's never going to happen. You have to earn tweet coins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Then you can send 10 que- tweets. <laughs> uh, how, do you get the, how do you get the tweet coins? I guess you have to like fave a number, a certain number, or, or you have to go to a pokey stop and then, <laughs> right. or sorry, a tweet stop and spin the little stop, thingy yeah. and then mm-hmm. it'll give you a couple of coins. And then, yeah, yeah, there we go. Anyway. <laughs> By the way, so on the last podcast, there were a few things. I Unfortunately, I wasn't on the last show. So I was supposed to be moving um, mm-hmm. that uh, Wednesday, I guess. However, there was a hurricane approaching the state, and then the movers canceled on us. 
So that actually didn't happen, but I was still super, super busy and couldn't, couldn't be there anyway. <clears throat> so we moved a week later and we're finally in our, in our house here. And I don't know if you hear the, the rumblings in the background. It's the three o'clock um, Florida thunder shower coming through. Um, but anyway, so I heard that you, uh, you, were, you were done with, with Pokemon Go. So what's the deal with that? So it's gotten to the point where, okay, here's the big issue. It's like every single gym in the area is, is controlled by people who are level like 29 and up. Mm-hmm. And I'm only at a measly 22. Yeah. You know, and I'm just kind of like, how do I get? And then all the, like the more, like the new Pokemon that I want, there's so few of them. Like they're, they're much rarer. So finding them requires more effort and it eats up my battery. And like, I want to collect them all, but it's just so hard to collect them all. It's extremely time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't. If I wasn't walking with the baby, I wouldn't be playing at all. I think there's like there's no way. That's uh, fair. But I, I, I see what yeah. you're saying too, because yeah, even here, uh, everything's sort of turning into level ten gyms, and you can't get in them, and they stay that way for weeks. And yeah, yeah, and it's just like Ugh. almost pointless. <clears throat> but what yeah. I found out, which I found yeah. is really really interesting. So in Germany, I was in sort of rural areas, and there was next to nothing there like no pokey mm-hmm. stops no gyms no anything and s- except for if you get into the more populated areas and here um it's it's um i think there's a, a higher level of activity in general everywhere hmm. but even or ex- but but even more extreme like i hadn't been i guess maybe to to more busy places in in germany or something but for example clearwater beach that's a very popular tourist destination it's insane when you open the app there. I mean, it's like you can't spit without hitting something, you know? And then <laughs> it's like a candy store. And over here and where I'm in Ocala, there's areas, but it's nothing like that. So it's just, it was really funny. We went to the beach and I just, I flipped the phone on and it's like, whoa. So that was, that was interesting. But in general, I, I, I share the same sentiment. It's, it's kind of mm-hmm. getting, it's getting boring because it just takes too long. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I have immense respect for the people who are like diligent and uh, you know stick with it no matter what. Um, I do think that the new Apple iWatch, uh, which is I, I don't know if it's come out yet, but apparently Pokemon Go announced that they would have an app for the iWatch or for the Apple Watch or whatever it's called, um, so people can play with their phones still in their pockets. Oh. And they can they can they can go to Pokestops on their watch. I see. And you know, get the little buzz when there's something nearby mm-hmm. and all that good stuff without having to like have your phone out all the time. But then yeah. that requires having an Apple Watch. Yeah, that's which I don't know. It's not yeah. <laughs> not incentive enough to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, Although the new the new um features where it has like a built in GPS now, that makes it interesting mm-hmm. for uh, sports activities like running so you can yes. have like a running app on there without having to drag your phone along that's pretty cool oh that'd be pretty neat yeah I'm not but a runner. still very yeah. expensive to have that yeah so, yeah i saw one commercial for the apple watch and i was really excited because um well i don't know that i would say i was really excited but i was i was mesmerized by the way that the commercial had the like um it was somebody swimming with their watch on and then there's like a a a gif of somebody who like shows the watch like spitting out the water (laughs) after it's done (laughs) and i was like okay that's really cool i'm i am compelled and yet i had a pebble for a little while uh i think it i think i kept it for six months ish Mm -hmm. same thing with my fitbit ah yeah i was just gonna say (laughs) yeah and ultimately, the issue for me is having something on my wrist. It's actually really annoying. <laughs> yeah, same here. I don't wear a watch. And I, for that reason, I would never, never get yeah. one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is there a, another convenient way of <clears throat> not having a phone in, in your hands, but still having access to the phone without it being on your wrist or around your neck? 
or, chip in your head. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. You know, it'd be great if you could have sunglasses or maybe regular glasses and you could have a little view screen on your lens. You wouldn't like, look like a dork at all. <laughs> you mean if it was in a normal pair of glasses? I don't know. <laughs> Ultimately, I mean, I, I was Someday. trying to a Google Glass. I know, but isn't there something else that came out? I can't remember now. I don't know. Never mind. Oh, but do you ever read um, Hitchhiker's, uh, Guide to the Ga- or Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? I have not, but um, Khalil said I absolutely must. So. <sighs> I'm not, as you know, as you know, I'm not into space. But I did read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And... There's this idea, there's like this, so the, the whole basic premise of the book is there's this guy who takes his towel and hitchhikes around the galaxy. Um, and as you might, uh, you know, fairly question, how does a, a person go around to different uh, planets and stuff if they don't necessarily speak the language, right? Obviously, that was your next question. Um, and... <laughs> They have this idea called the babblefish. And the babblefish is this little fish that you put in your ear. And as you're talking to somebody, they, they will talk back because they also have a babblefish. And so you can speak in your own language, but the babblefish will translate it for you. Um, and I don't know if you remember, there was a, a, a language translation service. Oh, gosh, probably 15, 20 years ago. No, probably more like 15 years ago called Babblefish. It was like the precursor to Google Translate, and you could like put in uh, content and whatever. Uh, I was just informed that there is now a, a device that you can put in your ear, and it's called Babbel, and you can, <laughs> you, can, you can listen to people speaking in other languages, and it'll translate it for you. What? Yeah! Um, <laughs> of course, the name Babbel comes from the Tower of Babel. Yes, uh, which is a I, biblical I'm, story and, and right. all that good stuff. But um, that actually works. That's impressive. I, I mean, like huh. I I think that could be. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Okay, I have a link. Um, but yeah, it's an in-ear device that translates language in real time. That's almost too Star Trekky. That's like. <laughs> oh man! And looking at these little like pods that you put in your ears. It's pretty, I mean, it's, it's not the Apple uh, AirPods. I don't know if you heard about those. Nope. Okay, so there was a new phone. Jeez, Henning, I'm just like squeezing. I know, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like under a rock. <laughs> Things are so crazy here. <laughs> the job and everything. And, wow, yeah. The only, the only, uh, I have so sort of a follow-up because before I forget, you were saying yeah. that, you know, you, your pebble lasted about six months or you're interested in the pebble, the same thing right. with Fitbit. And, uh, I'm still using my Fitbit and what I had predicted, unfortunately happened. It went through the washing machine, <laughs> but it still works. Yay, so I'm like good. super, super impressed. Anyway. That's pretty great. And then I wanted to say one other thing because you were saying space, and last time you guys talked about SETI because that's the signal came up, and I was actually I I I had like um, I was a system administrator at the time when that came out, and I had it like hooked up on like all the office machines because people left them on at night, and I was like crunching away at SETI packets. And um, I think the question was at the time, like, how, d- how does the whole thing work? Mm-hmm. And I don't know in detail. I think you were wondering where the data came from, but they have these um, radio telescope arrays. And one of them is the, the Arecibo radio telescope in uh, Puerto Rico, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, it just collects massive amounts of data and scans the sky. And what they do is they basically cut this up into little chunks and they have certain algorithms they run this through <clears throat> and they send the same packet out to multiple people and then compare the results but that's how they basically divvy up the work and i think it's sort of one of the first um massive computing efforts where you could do something like that with with this many computers at least on that kind of scale yeah and uh, yeah so it was was uh 
funny that you had mentioned that. I think it was because of a, si- a signal. They thought they found a signal or something. Yeah, they right? thought yeah. they found a signal. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. I just, I'm just really entertained by the fact that elementary schools, at least all around the United States, uh, <laughs> at least when I was a kid, were all trying to assist in the search for extraterrestrial life. Yeah. Um, it was pretty. It was pretty serious. I mean, when, when you what, we looked at, like they had stats and everything on the on the teams that were, um, you know, doing the most stuff, and it was all these like research labs with these crazy, you know, high end computers that nobody could afford at the time, crunching like <laughs> crazy amounts of packets. So mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> um, fun little thing. Speaking of space, this is not necessarily my favorite subject ever, but. <laughs> But Elon Musk, uh, our, our, you know, benevolent overlord of all things Tesla and SpaceX um, and solar and all sorts of other things, uh, mad scientist uh, of, of the year, um, he has declared that um, sometime by the 2060s, he thinks a million people could be living on Mars. Really? And wow. he thinks that sometime in the... In, he thinks it's possible that humans could begin flying to Mars by the mid-2020s. Hmm. And he plans on being part of that? Or that's just his... I mean, I guess he's already trying to do that, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's trying to... He's... You know, <clears throat> SpaceX is creating their interplanetary transport system and you know that's going to be interesting i don't know so on the one hand i kind of think elon musk should be on that first trip (laughs) but on the other hand i could see why he wouldn't want to be on the first trip Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) There there was another article i saw that was like Elon Musk wants to send a hundred people uh, in the next ten years to to Mars, but warns they should be prepared to die. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't want to be part of that. Not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah. Well, he's doing doing some really incredible things, though. I think. I mean, just seeing the. Uh, um, the uh what is it the falcon rocket take off and then land on a on a freaking barge in the ocean and mm-hmm. come back into port that's just insane um mm-hmm. and i find their their engineering team like they have a really good um uh i don't know media presence i guess they do very mm-hmm. well in the social media and also broadcasting their their launches and what i like is that they have a very diverse at least publicly facing diverse um team of people that is sort of representing spacex to the to the masses i guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's that's one of the things i really noticed if you you know i don't know nasa was a well nasa is, is there's a lot of women now too but it was always more like you know at least my impression of it growing up and and even up until recently was always you know white guys and uh in, at least in the engineering team, and this is doesn't seem to be the case in uh, SpaceX. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, you cannot pay me to get on one of those ships, just FYI. Yeah, I don't think I would. Well, maybe if I was <laughs> older, much older now, or or younger. Yes, mm. but not not at this point. No. <laughs> yeah, I am needed here. <laughs> Good for you. My husband told me once, he was like, if I get a free trip to Mars or the moon, I'm going to have a really hard time saying no. And I was like, oh, wow. you're kidding, right? <laughs> now, this was like four, four or five years ago. So mm-hmm. things may have changed since then. I'll have to ask. But yeah, like, let, me, let me know about that. <laughs> it's an interesting question. <laughs> We'll have to ask Khalil when he gets back. <laughs> yeah, I think his priorities have drastically shifted too. Oh, almost yeah, certainly. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah. fair. Um, yeah. So I have I have a little something um, yep. that I saw sort of on the periphery because it's something that I use quite a bit. Is so Homebrew the uh, OS X package manager um, mm-hmm. hit 1.0. 
And uh, oh. I think it took them only seven years to get there. Oh. But I don't know if that's something you use or if I think you're, you're a Mac user, right? Yeah. 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 So um, it's totally... very, very handy and uh, just something, a blip I saw that came across. They decided that it's, it's finally um, worthy of 1.0. Oh. So. That's, <clears throat> that's so great. At NPM, uh, when you run NPM init, it used to start at 0.0.0, but people mm -hmm. got so hung up oh, yeah. on version numbers that now we default to 1.0.0 just to get people <laughs> over that hump. Like, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. This whole idea of a 1.0, it's like... Because <sighs> before 1.0, Semver gets really wonky. Um, because so like so semver semantic versioning right that you've you've got three numbers separated by by periods and so it's like uh you know x dot y dot z and x is your major which means any major changes uh y is your minor so um so your major changes are any breaking changes minors are any feature bumps or whatever and then you have z which is your patch which are just you know like doc changes or i fixed a tiny bug or or whatever um but before major one, uh, your minor is actually a breaking change. And mm -hmm. so people like Semver always got super wonky before 1.0.0. And like we constantly, constantly got, got support requests from people, from innocent NPM users who were like, I just changed the minor, but it was under 1.0 and it was a massive breaking change. And now I can't trust anything. What do I do? Yeah. And we're like, oh, come on, people. it's not that big a deal. Version yeah. numbers are meaningless. It's just a number. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what, uh, what um, there's a whole list of things that these guys have uh, accomplished now and that made mm -hmm. them, I guess, think that that's worthy of, of 1.0-ness. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, that's I agree. Good. It's like, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, nothing mm -hmm. to add there. <laughs> I think that's great. Um, and uh, speaking of major milestones, BlackBerry <gasps> has decided yes. to stop making its own hardware. That I did see. Wow. <clears throat> that's like, yeah, that, how, how <laughs> they were like some of the first out there with the cool new devices, and now it's, it's over. So weird. <laughs> It's so sad. So sad. I never had one, but uh, I saw many people with them. I couldn't live without them. Yeah, I I had a BlackBerry once for about I want to say it was about a year that I had the BlackBerry. I was between like I had I had just um gone uh I had just gone swimming with my iphone by accident um and couldn't afford a new one so uh my mom actually had a loaner had, had an extra blackberry just kind of sitting around and she was like here you go you can just use this one and i nice. was like oh because <laughs> i was used to my you know little iphone 3gs um and uh it, honestly ultimately it turned out to be fine mm -hmm. um it's, I can see how people are really into them. People love the keyboards, the little clickety-clackety. Uh, I do have a few friends who are going to be very, very upset. Although it doesn't explicitly say that BlackBerry will stop having BlackBerry phones, just that they're going to stop being the ones who make it. Mm -hmm. um, so it should, be, it should be interesting. So what are they going to do instead? They're going to focus on software. Huh. <clears throat> So I don't know that I would ever say that BlackBerry's software the greatest. I don't know. Maybe yeah, they had changed. they had quite a few hiccups mm -hmm. in fairly recent history mm -hmm. or past. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it should be interesting to follow. <laughs> yes, um, and then uh, our favorite app that nobody knows how to use except maybe Khalil Snapchat. Uh, oh, <laughs> the app i love to hate uh so snapchat has changed its name to snap inc um and it has decided to get into the hardware business 
by selling a, uh, a device called the Spectacles, which is, in fact, a, a pair of glasses with a little camera on them, and it'll take little snippets of video. Oh, jeez. Really? Do we need this? No, of course we don't need this. <laughs> Especially oh. not for $129. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, okay. I don't... Different just, age bracket. I don't know. Completely. <laughs> Although, here's the thing. The people in the pictures, because obviously you should judge it all based on, you know, people in pictures. Uh, it's... Oh, leave me alone. I want my ad blocker. Oh, forget it. Um, anyway. It, it, like, they're mostly grown adults wearing these glasses. and. Yeah. Uh, kind of silly. Hmm. Oh. <clears throat> anyway. Um, yeah. So that's going to be... I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it. A whole bunch of people are going to... Are people really going to buy these things and walk around taking, you know, three-second videos of random crap? Yeah, I mean, I think there's obviously a market for this whole thing. I've, I've again and again tried to just sort of poke around in the app, and and uh, it I'm just does it doesn't do for do me anything. It's like okay, they're trying to yeah, it's just pointless. But whatever. Um, <laughs> it just I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. <sighs> so I. Uh, I was part of some interviews this week, and I asked you for, for a little help there and mm -hmm. uh, some pointers on, on questions. And uh, I just want to thank you for that. That was really super helpful. Oh, um, sure. And uh, I mean, you've said this before, um, but interviewing is so hard. It's like, how do you even? Uh, it's like, it's everything so subjective. And then everybody, you have three people in the room, and everybody hears something different. <laughs> So that's uh, that's really uh, uh, quite a skill, and um, yeah, I need I have a lot to learn. I think, but mm -hmm. uh, it's it's super interesting to me, <clears throat> and uh, obviously it's it takes practice. Mm -hmm. um, but wow, yes, hat off to people who do this a lot. It's uh, man. Yeah, I I do it rarely enough now that I feel extremely out of practice on both mm -hmm. sides. Um, especially in the Bay Area, it's super normal to, well, yeah, normal. I guess. Like, it's not uncommon, we'll say it that way. It's not uncommon mm -hmm. to switch jobs every six months um, because of, a, like, the startup fell apart or uh, it turns out, you know, you're not actually in line with that, with the vision of the company or, you know, whatever. For whatever reason, it's it's not uncommon to change jobs every six months. And I did that for a little while. Um, and even when I was working at those companies, I would interview people who did that too. And so I was like interviewing a whole bunch of people uh, on from both sides of the spectrum. And then I've been at NPM for two and a half years now. And I'm just like, how do I even interview anymore? I don't actually know. Yeah. <laughs> And it's really hard. It's really hard because there, especially in the United States, there are certain questions that you can't ask and you have to be careful not to ask because then the candidate can totally sue you. Mm -hmm. um, uh, those are questions like, you know, uh, do you have a family and what is your nationality and yeah. how old are you? Um, <clears throat> which surprisingly people don't know that, that, that those are not allowed. Um, so trying to make sure that you don't ask the bad questions, but also like asking good questions is so hard. How do you, because like it, it's really easy, I think, to, to ask leading questions that will allow the person, if you're not careful, the interviewee will just pick up on what it is that you want to hear. And then they'll just mm -hmm. say whatever it is that you want to hear. And you're like, wow, this candidate is so great. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you have this whole, you know, cognitive biases and implicit biases and, you know, you don't want to accidentally ask one question 
easy uh, one interviewee easy questions than another interviewee harder questions and then be like well the person who who answered the easy questions was so great because they answered them really well and the one who asked the hard questions did a terrible job and so we can't hire them and it's like but you didn't even ask them the same questions and anyway (laughs) yeah whole thing well and then then the the problem i'm sort of running into now or or well personal sort of i don't know not conflict or anything but it's Mm -hmm. like so you kind of have an idea of what the person is like as good as you can expect to do that in an hour and then you want to somehow assess their technical abilities because some people can talk really well and make it appear that they know certain things Mm -hmm. but then how do you even do that without um you know taking up like too much of their time because we were so the next thing we were thinking about is is um giving people certain like a little test or something you know Mm -hmm. and then how do you decide you know how much time they're supposed to invest in that because that's that's like you know they're not getting paid for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I have been on, I've had interviews or tests that I spent substantial amounts of time on, like 20 hours. Um, and I don't, I don't think that is, that is necessarily even fair or, yeah, I mean, can you, can you even do that, you know? <laughs> like, but how do you assess someone's technical ability? That's, that's like really, really tough. Do you yeah. have any, any like thoughts on that? Um, so I've seen a couple of different ways, some that I like more than others. Um, kind of the traditional Bay Area thing is to send somebody like a a coding test. Mm-hmm. Um, and while that in a lot of ways is kind of the best way to assess someone's coding prowess, because you can actually see their code, you have to be careful, A, to not give them anything that's work related, because you don't want them to be doing, you know, work for free um Mm -hmm. but you also don't want it to be something so stupid that it's like what's even the point of this right um but at the same time uh i've seen ones where i really disliked them because it would take up a ton of my time that i didn't really have um and then ones that were pretty good which were uh they actually so there was the first company i ever worked for in this industry uh they gave me $500 to do the coding test. Oh. And um, and that was kind of nice because it was like, look, as long as you submit something within the next three days, we don't Mm. care how long it takes you to do, we don't care how much of it you do, just submit something and we will give you $500. And with that kind of money, like it's, it's not a lot of money, but it's enough to be like, okay, you value my time. You understand that I'm taking time away from whatever my regular life is. Um, and mm-hmm. like, I just, I try to like imagine like a working mom. Um, what could she do with $500? Well, she can buy dinner. Uh, if she's like, especially if she's like a single mom and she's normally in charge of dinner, like she can buy dinner for the kids so that she can spend the time that she would have spent preparing dinner, working on this coding challenge or whatever. Um, And uh, so I thought that was pretty good. Um, Another thing that I've seen work well is pairing as part of the interview process. So like this requires a lot more effort on the part of the interviewer um, in terms of creating, again, it has to be a coding challenge that is not work related, but is, does show enough stuff, uh, asks enough questions to see how somebody does, uh, you know, on a technical side of things. And, and um, so I've seen that work really well. Um, one thing I saw work really, really well was somebody created a, a coding challenge. And so you know how, like, you'll go to an onsite and uh, there'll be, like, several back-to-back interviews? Mm-hmm. One of those back-to-back interviews was, like, an hour-long uh, coding challenge thing but it was just you and your computer and you had to debug a system like it was so it was a bunch of tests and you had to fix the tests so that all the tests pass and that way like it's a little annoying because you only have an hour which Mm -hmm. sucks but if you know your stuff it should be fairly straightforward and this is actually work that you're going to be doing like as part of your job um, right. uh, 
Yeah. That one I like, but that's also really hard to come up with. Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. To- yeah, it takes a lot of effort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. lot of effort. But that that's really, I think that would be great because that shows you just how they think and how they go about solving problems. Right, and, exactly. Yeah. And they yeah. can ask questions and you can pair on things and mm-hmm. all that stuff. You can get a real sense of what does this person know? What do they not know? Um, right. Whiteboarding is fun, but it can be tricky because depending on how well trained you are, either as an interviewer or an interviewee, uh, you can either figure out how to take charge of the, of the entire conversation and make the other person do the work <laughs> or make it so you don't have to do any of the work, you know, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one can be a bit tricky. <clears throat> um, one thing that I've liked doing is if they have like a GitHub repo, um, like I'll ask them ahead of time, Hey, send me a project that you've worked on. Like send me the code, whether it's, you know, whatever. And then I will take the time to go through that code and find a couple of spots where I'm like, oh, okay, well, what's going on here, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll ask them those questions. And it's a lot easier to talk about something that you've already written that maybe you spent some time before writing because it's fresh in your mind. It's your code. It's Mm -hmm. not something that, you know, whatever. And um, and I'll just ask them things like, okay, why did you make this decision here? Why did you choose promises instead of callbacks? Why... um, how would you extend this? How would you modularize this? Uh, why aren't there any tests here? Like, you know, stuff like that. Like, real questions that anybody would ask uh, if you were actually working in that environment. But there's no stress about, okay, you need to write code in preparation for this thing. Right. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's... that's uh... That's a good idea. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, assuming they're not coming in for a junior position, hypothetically, they should have some code that they can share. Um, right. Now, if they were working at an Apple or at a federally funded research and development center or, you know, some sort of uh, government-owned property, they might not be able to share any of the code that they've worked on. But I think that's, sense, yeah. that's harder. Um, yeah. But that's, a, you know, a question you can ask in the earlier stages of the interview process. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. I've done this a few times. Yeah. I still think I'm, I'm really crap at it. <laughs> oh, there's so much for me to learn. <laughs> yeah. It never ends. Well. <laughs> it never ends. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Oh, goodness. All right. Uh, well. Is that, are we out of time already? <laughs> I, don't, I don't. What are we at? Fifty minutes or something? Yeah, um, we're like. I'm out of out of points, but uh, we're out of topics. <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah, I'm out of topics as well. I think. Um. But yeah, good times. Um, and. American news, there was a debate or something. Oh dear, and yes. Monday, right? Yeah. It's, That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on who you listen to on uh, how that whole thing went. I did not, I, can, I don't have the stomach to listen to yeah. that, to those, to, to a certain person speak. <laughs> yeah. It's, no. I can't bear that. But uh, it was interesting to hear the commentary. And depending on what side, the commentators were on of course yeah one or the other person did better so <laughs> whatever yeah um, i have major issues with people favoring a certain side but you know what this is politics this is always how it works mm-hmm. uh i just wish one of them wasn't <laughs> as terrible as they are see i am being particularly obtuse about my opinions here <laughs> so that it's not totally clear who i'm disfavoring um yes but anyway uh yeah so uh things in the u.s are um politically a um fiasco is probably the best way to put that and i'm sure there are things happening elsewhere in the world i just wouldn't know about it because i live in yeah. the <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm so sorry, dear listeners. I know most of you are not in the United States, and so uh. it is a it is a strange phenomenon how that happens, though. Um, mm-hmm. um, I think you have to make a much greater effort when you're here to figure out or to to keep track of what's going on outside the country than mm-hmm. being in Europe. It was completely different. That's for sure. Um, yeah, there's a lot more diversity, and, and the main topic is not always the United States. And here, it's like that's all you hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, right now, I don't, I don't, I, I purposely do not watch any any TV news um, and uh, follow news really sort of on the periphery. But the, the the things that you get here now is is the whole you know police brutality and yeah the campaign, the presidential campaign, and that's about it. Those are the two big, big things that drowned everything out, everything else out, and international is not on the radar at all. So, anyway, yeah, <laughs> it's sad. It is, it yeah. is pretty sad. But, but other than that, things are great here. Um, I'm in Florida. The weather is awesome. It's so warm. I mean, it's it's really weird because it's it's got it must have like 85, 90 degrees out or something, and it's humid as as, as can be. And I have to say, I'm enjoying it. I don't care that I go outside and I sweat. It's it's nice. It's like my body's been craving warmth. <laughs> <laughs> it gets so it gets warm strange- in Germany. Sometimes. Yeah, four years, four or four weeks out of the year, maybe. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so. I oh oh, uh, it's been announced. I am going to be in Austria in January. <gasps> oh wow! Where mm-hmm. in Austria? I'll be in Linz. Linz. Wow. Yeah, I that's know. where Khalil and I were. Yeah. So darn it! Why didn't it's a year apart? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fine. Um, Too I'll bad. be speaking at Script Seventeen. Uh, nice. If uh, this is. This is a pretty neat little conference, actually. Um, I'm really excited about it. It's January 27th. Um, it's at 12 o'clock. So this is going to be like a pretty small, uh, small thing. Um, but the tickets are super reasonably priced. Like the standard tickets are 150 euros, which mm-hmm. to me nice. is yeah. like unreal. Um, but uh it's it's going to be a really fun community conference, um, and I'm going to be bringing my ski boots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, bringing my game, my my A game, uh, to to speak about JavaScript and uh, and things and npm. Do you um, already know what you're gonna? speak about or um tbd i don't know yet it's so far away i'm just kind of like eh. um i will also be at jsconf asia in november so during american thanksgiving i'm going to be uh giving a talk about npm i'm actually i might do some live coding on stage it could be entertaining i'm not sure if i'm if i'm if i have the gall to do it but gutsy very uh, gutsy. It is very, very <laughs> gutsy. Um, but I want to make an animal fact generator uh, live on stage. Wow. We'll see. We could use that on the show then. I know. Wouldn't it be great? <laughs> um, I, I don't know that it'll be that sophisticated. <laughs> I might. Yeah, anyway. So we'll see. But I think that'll be really fun. Um, I'm really excited to go to Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all I've got for talks that I'm doing in the next six months um but yeah awesome i'm excited that is great i think i'm very excited i'm not speaking at any conferences but um i i got to recycle my uh json api talk at work and uh nice it was well received and we are actually going to implement it so yeah that's i convinced the people that needed convincing and got the wheels turning for others (laughs) yes yeah, it's fun. Yes. I think it's so important, um, even if you have no intention of ever speaking at a conference, learning how to put together a presentation and how to kind of convey your ideas in 
in spoken word is so critical and so key to um to doing you know to having to enjoying yourself at work um yep. and and because then you get to be like look i think this is a really good idea and here is why and other people will listen and go that is a very compelling argument yes let us do that or or people will be like that is a very compelling argument what about this that and the other thing and you go oh that is a that is a very compelling counter argument hmm. Hmm. and then discussion ensues uh- <laughs> yeah and i mean Either way, whatever the outcome is, you learned a ton of new stuff, and that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yep. Pretty sweet. Yeah. All right. I don't know. What yeah. Else do we have Fido. Has- I can't remember if I even have that up anymore. <laughs> what is have it? We given, have we Fido. given up on Fido? Yeah, never mind. I think uh, it's... Well, no, let's see. Find reviews. Not given up on Fido. Given up on the fact that we're not getting reviews. Oh, um, yeah. What's the? How do I find out what our iTunes URL or ID is? Um, it is. Or very good question. I don't know. <clears throat> oh, I got it. Or no, I can't cut and paste it. Huh? Huh? That's that's a. Okay. See, I, that's the, actually this is interesting. So I cannot, oh, I, found it. I cannot cut and paste a URL to you for Fido. That should, that would be nice if we could do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, good news is it turns out that there is a uh, a um. Oh, wow! We haven't gotten a single review in over five months. Hmm. it's okay oh well it's okay i know i know that people still love us though because they come hang out in our reactive slack channel which is super fun and great and y'all can find the the link to that in our show notes which is at reactive.audio that's right and um i'm still hgladdergots on twitter have not changed my handle and uh <laughs> that's it for this week <laughs> and i am rockbot on twitter and you can reach us uh on twitter all of us uh at reactive pod and um and you can also uh reach khalil at khalil tweets and uh, i want to give a shout out to colin uh for and Landsknecht um for joining us uh or maybe Colin already maybe we said hello to Colin before yes we did okay never mind well I mean hello again it's totally fine um just new people who have joined us on our reactive slack channel I want to make sure y'all get the shout outs um and I think that's it but um let's make sure it's not you know three weeks since the last time we recorded <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah well hopefully we'll things will things will calm down i don't know yeah. we'll see um we'll see it's just yeah it, it is a crazy month there's really for all three of us tons yeah. of things going on so so many things yes but it'll it'll be all right yep all right well thanks for listening everyone and i'll talk to you next week all right bye everyone bye